Hello and welcome to Front Page Radio with your host, international author, broadcaster, and journalist Dan Wooding, the founder of Assist Ministries and the Assist News Service. Dan, who was born in Nigeria of British missionary parents, was raised in England and later worked for some of Great Britain's largest newspapers. He has been a journalist covering the world for some 47 years now with a focus on persecuted Christians and missions. And now, here's Dan Wooding with today's guest. Hi there, this is Dan Wooding speaking to you from North Wales. And my special guest today is my son, Andrew Wooding, all the way from Sheffield. He's come on the train to see his old mum and dad, and we're delighted to have Andrew with us. Thank you, it's nice to be here. I'm being spoiled rotten. (laughs) Well, I want to get Andrew to talk about Church Army and also Doctor Who the very famous TV series that has been going on here for many, many years. But let me just do a brief introduction. Many years ago, I read in a paper in Birmingham, England, about a church army captain called Barry Irons. And Barry Irons had started working with drug addicts at the All Saints Hospital in Birmingham. And he was visiting them there. And so I thought this would be a great work for Norma and myself and and our little team. We had a team called the Messengers. So I went to see Captain Barry Irons because people in the church army get these uh, special sort of military type uh, designations. And he introduced me to the work and it eventually resulted in Norma and myself helping to found Hill Farm which was the very first drug rehabilitation farm in Great Britain. And uh, one of the people that lived with us on the farm was Andrew when he was very, very young. But Andrew is now full-time with Church Army in Sheffield. First of all, Andrew, tell us, how did Church Army come about and what does it do? Church Army started around the same time as the Salvation Army. Um, in Britain, in Victorian England, uh, based in London. Um, And the founder of Church Army is a gentleman called uh, Wilson Carlyle, who was a priest and a vicar in the London area. And I believe he was a friend of William Booth, who was the founder of Salvation Army. Um, Nowadays, uh, if Wilson Carlyle was alive, he probably wouldn't be a priest and a vicar. He'd be an evangelist. But uh, in those times, um, the main path towards ministry in the church was to get ordained and be a priest. So that's what Wilson Carlyle did. And he was running a church in London, but was really frustrated because he didn't want to be ministering to the people inside the church. He wanted to be outside with the people on the streets. Um, So he realized he didn't have the time to do that. So he decided to train up ordinary, um, I say uneducated, it doesn't mean they were unintelligent, but in those days um, didn't have a university education. He wanted to train people who just spoke the vernacular, the the language of the ordinary people on the streets, and he trained them up to be evangelists. And those were the first church army evangelists. That was the start of church army. So um, we, we wrote a report about church army about 10 years ago, and then the report was called Inside Out, <clears throat> and um, basically Church Army is is not encouraging um, 
well we love people going to church but basically evangelists are more comfortable outside the church reaching people that the church doesn't normally reach so you got involved with church army I understand from a former vicar in the church of England called Fred Collins and he advised you because you were searching what God wanted you to do next and you asked his advice and he told you what well, uh, what led up to Fred Collins was I was um, doing youth work um, in Church of England in Eastbourne and then Worthing. <clears throat> and I was doing that in my spare time. And um, I was thinking maybe I should be more professionally trained to do this. And I had three options. I could become a youth worker um, with a wage instead of doing it voluntarily. Um, I could become a vicar or I could uh, join church army. Um, we actually had a church army evangelist at one of the churches I was working at called Captain McHuff, who, who's now a vicar himself. So I went to stay with Fred Collins, who is a good friend of the family. Um, he knew my granddad, your dad, who ran a church in Birmingham. <clears throat> and he spent the whole weekend showing me comedy programs. I was expecting <laughs> lots of deep conversations with him, but he had um, all these videos of... Um, these British comedians called Morecambe and Wise. Um, I suppose the closest is maybe Abbott and Costello uh, in America, and we just laughed all weekend. And then on the Sunday afternoon, he took me out to uh, the, uh, is it the Licky Hills in Birmingham? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we sat on a bench, and he just said, Andrew, don't get ordained. Don't become a leader of a church. I saw what it did to your granddad, how frustrated he was. So um, he... Um, he said, don't do it, it will kill you. Um, join Church Army um, because you'll be doing what you love doing and you won't have to run a church. So, so I, I went ahead and did that. I, I tried to apply for youth worker jobs and I got turned down for three. I never explored ordination and um, I went and inquired with Church Army and they accepted me. So um, that was, um, I started training in the year 2000. So the training centre uh, is no longer in London, but in Sheffield. And um, what, what was the training? What did it entail? Well, let me tell you about the London one. Um, I hear horror stories about London. <clears throat> I don't know if any um, Americans know or people from all over the world know, but there's something that happens every Sunday afternoon in Hyde Park called Speaker's Corner. Um, and what happens is anyone, absolutely anyone, can get up in Speaker's Corner, stand on a box and preach about anything they want. All religions, all faiths, uh, all political parties, people preaching about aliens, people <laughs> preaching about vitamins or vitamins, um, people preaching about all the most wacky conspiracy <laughs> theories. And when, it was, when there was training in London, all the trainees had to do this as part of their training, <laughs> so which sounds um, really scary. Um, and luckily, by the time I started training, it moved up to Sheffield, and we don't have a speaker's corner in Sheffield. <laughs> so we did three years of uh, what was called residential training. So I moved up with uh, my wife and kids. We moved to Sheffield, um, and I did three years of training with uh, some practical experience as well. Um, I did six weeks um, based at UCB Radio, which is a Christian radio station here in England, just to get experience of 
Christian Communications. I did a placement at um, a very high Anglican church with a lot of candles and liturgy, which was totally outside my experience. And um, we just, it was a, a mixture of practical experience and theological training. Didn't you have a strange experience of having to go to a morgue? Yeah, oh gosh, <clears throat> the expectation was that some of us um, in church army might end up, even though we weren't ordained, working within ch the church system um, and we might end up doing funerals. So we had a day where we had to study how we would do a funeral, um, how to do what we call a homily, which is another word for a, for a tribute to a deceased person at a funeral. I remember Andrew really helped me to interview someone <laughs> I've always admired called Archbishop Desmond Tutu, who was over from South Africa, and um, he was introducing a rather unusual um, event. First of all, what was the event, and how come Desmond Tutu was at the Church Army Headquarters in Sheffield? Desmond Tutu... Um became president of Church Army about 10 years ago. Um, currently it's Rowan Williams, the former Archbishop of Canterbury, and our patron is the Queen of England. Um, and we had Prince Edward came um, from the royal family and planted a tree in the quad of our new building in Sheffield. Um, but president to, um, the president of Church Army then, Desmond Tutu, uh, from South Africa, um, his commitment to Church Army was to come over once a year and spend a few days looking at our various projects and meeting with evangelists. So I think this was the second or third time he'd come to England to be with us. And it so happened that we were launching a new um, gap year program for younger people who were in between college and university and didn't know what to do and wanted to give a year of service uh, in evangelism. So uh, Archbishop Desmond Tutu um, agreed to launch this. Not only did he launch it, he wore a, a church army hoodie <laughs> and t-shirts and, and had even more energy than the young people who were at the launch event. <laughs> well, I remember interviewing him and I was absolutely amazed how enthusiastic. <laughs> you know, he, I don't know how old he was, but uh, he was obviously in his late 70s, maybe even older, but he was like a young kid. Did, did he inspire you to sort of see him in operation? Oh, absolutely. He was infectious. I think some of the best uh, people I've seen in ministry, um, there's not negativity about them. They do stand up to injustices, but their, their faith and their life and their energy... It's just infectious. It's a positive energy. And Desmond Tutu definitely um, had that and has that. He, he had to step down um, because he was in ill health. So um, he reluctantly stepped down. And he, out of all the organizations he's part of, I think Church Army was one of the last on his list to pull out of. For those of you who don't remember or don't know the history of Desmond Tutu, he was one of the leaders of the anti-apartheid movement in South Africa and was a very close friend of Nelson Mandela. And uh, even today, he is highly respected around the world. But here he was, this humble man wearing a hoodie. I mean, it was just so much fun. Now, the leader of Church Army here, Mark Russell, 
he just his eyes beamed he seemed to be a huge fan of Desmond Tutu it was like being at a science fiction convention or a <laughs> fan convention there was Mark Russell who's been our chief secretary for about 10 years and um, Desmond Tutu was talking Mark, um, Mark Russell was uh, sitting behind him just beaming all the way through soaking it all in <laughs> in fact we um, we had our graduation we have an annual graduation ceremony for our new students uh, we call it admitting and commissioning so we commission the new students as, as uh, evangelists within church army and then we always have a bishop um, who admits them into the office of evangelist in the church of England and at the one last week we had a wonderful man who's the Bishop of Woolwich um, and he was, he's a Nigerian uh, but lives in England and is the Bishop of Woolwich and he did I, his talk he just um, I think he does ten times more evangelism than <laughs> a lot of our evangelists he said on the way up to Sheffield he got in conversations with two people on the train and managed <laughs> to invite them to his church back in Woolwich <laughs> well one of the things that you've been very closely involved with uh, Andrew is it's called Fresh Expressions of Church. And many people in America think that the British church is dark and dead and the days of Wesley have all gone, but there's a lot of incredible stuff going on in Britain as we're discovering, particularly in the immigrant groups, you know, from Africa. In fact, the, the empire has struck back in a way and uh, many of the people that were in the British Empire, especially the Nigerian, are building some of the mega churches. But... What was or what is Fresh Expressions of Church? And give us a couple of examples. Yeah, sure. Um, it was a, an Anglican initiative, a Church of England initiative, that came out of a report uh, about 15 years ago called Mission Shaped Church, which spoke out saying that um, if church isn't missional, it isn't proper church. And there was a proposal within the report that... Um, churches need to be more outward looking mission shaped and even to actually leave the premises of the church and go out into the communities and start church where people actually are um, so we called that new forms of church and then we realised that no we shouldn't call it new forms of church because it might be that going out to where people are they just want a more lively version of an old form of church which is absolutely fine so we've called it fresh expressions of church which means making church fresh again and taking it out to where people are so one of the colleagues in my year group um, loves skateboarding and so he was commissioned in church army and with the diocese of Bradford um, was paid to work amongst the skateboarding community in Bradford and he's planted three churches in Bradford um, but all three of them are called Sorted Sorted 1, 2 and 3 and now the skateboarding community are worshipping in churches that my friend Andy started <laughs> What would be another unusual one maybe from a, a female point of view? Um, there's a lovely one in Liverpool started by a Methodist minister and, and let me make it clear even though this started in the Church of England um, all the denominations in Britain have taken it up the Methodists, Baptists, Pentecostals, Free Church Evangelicals, Roman Catholics um, have all taken up the Fresh Expressions agenda um, 
realizing that it's harder for people to walk through the doors of the church so we're going to start church where people are the one in Liverpool that I really like is called Bread Church and um, it, it, it sounds a bit unusual but it's um, people go to a, a service but it's in a baker's they bake bread together <laughs> and it's sort of a symbolic act isn't it of creating and there's all the bread symbolism in communion and Jesus said I am the bread so as an act of worship they, they bake bread together is there, is there a or was there a, a ministry also to nightclubs there's quite a few of those because um, if you look at what church is it's community it's communal singing um, it, it's uh, transcendent if, if that ever happens and um, I'm a bit of an old fogey I don't go to nightclubs but apparently um, that's sometimes the feeling in a nightclub situation and um, one of my friends who I trained with Sister Wendy um, actually she's now Reverend Sister Wendy they all seem to be getting ordained um, she loved hanging out in nightclubs so that was her ministry she became a chaplain to her local nightclub and loads of people started talking to her and she's just sort of um, encouraged people's faith in nightclub situations. We're speaking with Andrew Wooding, my oldest son, who lived for quite a while in uh, California with us and then became a committed believer and joined Youth with a Mission and now is with Church Army in Sheffield, England. But he has, besides his wonderful son, Edward, has a great love for Doctor Who. Explain, first of all, for the very few Americans that maybe don't know anything about Doctor Who, who Doctor Who is. <laughs> my, my son's a great disappointment, actually, because um, I try to get him to watch Doctor Who, but now he's a Trekkie. <laughs> he, he watches Star Trek. In fact, there's uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine. He's In the space of six months, he's watched about 150 episodes. <laughs> but he won't watch Doctor Who. I, I, I try and do it for him. Um, when I grew up, um, Doctor Who in the late 60s and early 70s and, and ever since then has been um, a, ch a family program. It started as a children's program, but it, it's a family program about a man um, who's a time traveller and um, he always has companions with him sometimes uh, the stories are he travels to historic events uh, so he met Shakespeare a few years ago and sometimes he meets monsters and sometimes they're futuristic and um, it's become a cult program it ran for 26 years originally it, the first episode was the day after JFK was assassinated wow. and because everyone was a bit shell-shocked after JFK they repeated the first episode the next week and then it caught on um, and I think now it's quite a hit on BBC America even though it's a British program I think it's become a success in America I, I used to watch it on PBS in California and they were sort of I was in there in the 80s but they were repeating episodes from the 1970s so when it came back in 2005 I noticed there were a lot of there was a lot of Christian imagery in the program and the person who brought it back Russell T Davis is an atheist but he likes using Christian imagery stained glass windows he liked to portray the doctor then played by David Tennant as a messiah figure um, there were lots of key scenes that happened in churches um, there was one story set in the future 
where people who were stuck in a traffic jam on another planet <laughs> were singing the hymn Abide With Me <laughs> and the old rugged cross. And I thought there's something going on here. So I thought I would have a day uh, looking at spirituality in Doctor Who. So I invited um, the person who produced it in the 70s, uh, Barry Letts, who um, was a, a Buddhist and tried to introduce Buddhist themes in Doctor Who. And I asked him a bit about that and I spoke about my Christianity. I had two theologians come and talk about Doctor Who. And then we spoke about can atheists be spiritual? But in the end, it was um, we were trying to explore Doctor Who from a Christian viewpoint. And it, it, was, it was a huge success. It, um, we had in the church army um, worship area, we had the creator of the monsters called the Daleks or someone dressed up as him <laughs> um, insulting all the vicars and saying he was going to exterminate them <laughs> in a science fiction voice. Well, you also gave a lecture at the Greenbelt Festival, the, probably the biggest Christian festival in Europe. Um, was it in a double-decker bus or something? The, there were two times I did uh, Greenbelt, and both of them were, again, through another church army friend of mine, Captain David Booker. Um, and he was in charge of organising a couple of the streams of lectures at, or, or seminars at Greenbelt. And he th one year he thought, let's have something Doctor Who related. We'll get Andrew to do it. So um, I, I was going to do an adult talk about Doctor Who. Um, and I, I went into what was the YMCA tent. And I was absolutely shocked that it was chock-a-block full of people. They weren't there to see me. It was because they'd seen Doctor Who was going to be the subject matter. They were all teenagers. <laughs> and um, I thought, they're not going to go with... with um... So I had to quickly, on the spot, use all my youth worker training and come up with a few quizzes and games and then somehow sneak in the lecture bit in between the games. But, but the main um, thing that intimidated me is I could see... Um, in the sea of people and it was absolutely packed there was a table of four people sitting round it and they were all people who write Doctor Who novels or Doctor Who radio plays or, oh. and I thought oh no they're going to find me out they're gonna, <laughs> they've, they've come to spy on me all, all four of them have become really good friends so um, I thought phew I've got away with it <laughs> now how, do you, how are you going to convert your son Edward to like Doctor Who <laughs> Well, um, I, I, uh, at the time of talking, Doctor Who is being relaunched yet again. It had a, a wonderful 10-year run with, um, on the BBC. It's had um, a year and a half break. And it's now the, the main character is someone that can change shape and change personality. And it's the first time in the show's history that the Doctor has become a woman. Oh. And there's a new showrunner called Chris Chibnall who is previously known for writing a program called Broadchurch. And he's taken over the program and he's writing the scripts. So the BBC are putting a lot of energy into relaunching it. So I think it's going to be shown on BBC America in October. And I'm going to chain my son down on the armchair <laughs> and force him to watch it. We actually saw some of it being filmed in Sheffield. Total fluke. Um, the the double-decker bus we were on, had to stop suddenly and the bus driver said oh Doctor Who they've, they've, they've messed up all the bus schedules today <laughs> and I asked is it filming he said yeah just there so we got off the bus and watched them film Doctor Who for half an hour <laughs> <laughs> well we've been speaking with my older son Andrew Wooding who is uh, 
Well, he's very skilled. He's written, is it eight books altogether? Yeah, I've written seven books and then self-published an eighth book as well. Yeah, right. The number one book, I think at least the controversy was, I wonder if chocolate <laughs> kills brain cell. Just in a few seconds, what was that about? That was um, my training with Youth with a Mission, uh, which happened about 15 years before church. I mean, I'm very grateful for it. Um, but I was a bit of a novice. Um, as I said, I, I was glad we didn't have to do street preaching in Hyde Park in <laughs> London. But with YWAM, there was a lot of that. And um, I got so nervous, I would just eat lots of chocolate to, to calm me down. <laughs> so when I wrote a book, just doing a day-by-day -day account of my time in YWAM, um, I called it I Wonder If Chocolate Kills Brain Cells. <laughs> and the idea was just to show an ordinary person um, not someone who had a dramatic conversion, but just an ordinary person with a lot of self-doubt. If I can do it, then you can do it as well. And finally, Church Army, what's the website? Uh, the easiest way to get it is churcharmy, one word, dot org. And there's an awful lot there. I work for the research unit in Church Army, and we do lots of research into evangelism and mission that happens mainly in the Church of England, but we also look at the Methodist Church, and we try and see how things are going to look, what's effective use of money in the church, and what the church might look like in 10 years' time. But go to churcharmy.org, and if you want to see my face, look at what we do, and then scroll down to the research unit. Andrew Wooding, my son, what a delight to see you again and we pray that God will continue to use you through Church Army, through Doctor Who and through your writing. <laughs> thank you. I'm, 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 there's never enough Doctor Who, so thank you. <laughs> you have been listening to Front Page Radio with international journalist Dan Wooding. If you would like a free subscription to the Assist News Service, log on to www.assistnews.net. And if you would like to write to Dan, send an email to assistnews at aol.com. Tune in again for another edition of Front Page Radio on this same station.